You know, during, during times of, of crisis, um, to try to get answers is always difficult. And what I'd like to do is I, I like to read about people who've gone through really difficult times and challenges in their lives. And, and I like to read about how the Lord helped them through those times. And one person that I quote a lot is Corey Tin Boone. And some of you have read her book, The Hiding Place. And I would, I would recommend that highly for you to read. And Corey Tin Boone, if you don't know who she is, lived through World War II uh, and the occupation of Nazi Germany in her homeland of the, ne- of the Netherlands. And her family actually hid Jews from the Nazis to rescue them. And I love to read about her experience and how the Lord helped her through her trial. And she and her family were eventually caught and she would have to endure a concentration camp. What's interesting about her story is she was released because of a clerical error and all the women in her group were sent to the gas chamber. Um, And she actually continued speaking until her death in the 80s. But two of my favorite quotes from her are this. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. I love that quote. The other one I appreciate, uh, a quote from her says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. I feel like I've been going through a dark tunnel the last year. But God is faithful. You maybe feel like you're going through a dark tunnel right now, and I want you to know that God is faithful. What, what led Corey's life was the love of God. And what I appreciate about her is that she didn't allow bitterness and anger to overtake her. She trusted that God was in control. And hearing her story helps me to see that God is still good, and he will always sustain us when we trust him. No matter how bad or ugly the circumstances may be, our God is still good and he will still sustain us. Her story of endurance encourages me and especially the correct way of how we deal with trials and crisis. And this is what I want to talk about today. How how can we allow a trial or a crisis in our life to actually transform us? And then how... How we also need as we we go through a trial, many times it's easy for us to get led into bitterness or anger, whatever it is. And when the Bible speaks of trials, he speaks of many different things. It's not just maybe one thing, but it could be a health issue. It it could be persecution. It it, it could be broken relationships, whatever that trial may be. And we need the love of Christ to always lead us through our crisis. We can never forget about the grace of God and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he uses it for our good. And um, I want to look at Romans chapter 5 today. And um, if you have been keeping up with our weekly devotionals that Pastor Brandon and I give each week, I'm so thankful for the five of you that actually watch that. So thank you very much. Um, uh, We we dove into Romans chapter 5. And this verse has just been really on my heart over the last couple of weeks and I want to read that to you because Paul really digs into to how we deal with suffering and trials and crisis in our lives and so let's hear what Paul says here in his letter he says therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith and to this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God 
Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Wait a minute, is that a typo? Did Paul mess up there? Paul is telling us that we can also glory in our sufferings. And here's, here's the reason why. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance or endurance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So Paul says we don't have to walk in despair or dismay that when trials and suffering do come, we have an ultimate hope that we have been made right before Jesus Christ and that when we stand before him one day, we will not be put to shame, but we will be received by Jesus Christ in his love for us. Somebody say amen. So how do we deal with the junk of life? How do we deal, how do we work through um, life when life just simply stinks at times? I, um, I love this quote by Alistair Begg when assessing the life of Daniel. And if you know about the life of, of Daniel, Daniel was taken captive from Israel to Babylon when Babylon, God allowed Babylon to judge Israel. And so uh, Daniel was bright and um, handsome and and what many captive enemies would do is they would take the brightest and, and the, those of the most knowledge and they would use them in their in their kingdom. And the thing about Daniel that's so interesting is that when a foreign country would come in, they would, they would strip you of all your identity. And so Daniel was stripped of all his identity. He was stripped of his name. He was stripped of his culture. But the one thing he was not stripped of was his trust in God. Listen, life may strip you of a lot of things. But when we are in Christ Jesus and our faith is in Christ Jesus, our faith in him can never be stripped. Our position in him can never be stripped when our faith is in him. And that's what Daniel trusted. Daniel was stripped of everything. But I love this quote by Alistair Begg. He says, For Daniel, when the crisis hit, it did not create his disciplined lifestyle. It revealed it. See, we, we've got to understand this. As followers of Jesus, when a crisis hits, it doesn't create a disciplined lifestyle. What a crisis reveals is what we are truly trusting. And we know that in, in the life of Daniel, he was truly trusting the Lord and God gave him favor and God used him mightily in the Babylonian Empire. See, a crisis will reveal who or what we are trusting, living word. Paul tells us that a trial or a crisis produces endurance or perseverance. And what perseverance means, it means to wait on God. Listen, I'm, I don't have a lot of patience. My kids just said amen, so they know that. I don't have a lot of patience. I mean, the microwave is too slow for me, right? I mean, I don't know. Are any like me out there, please? Okay, none of you? Okay, thank you. I'm leaving now. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the way we grow and the way God teaches is when we have to endure through these times of crisis and suffering. And they will come and they do come. Can I get an amen? The, the difficult thing for us is to wait on the Lord during those times and, and allowing God to do the work that he needs to do. I may not comprehend it in my pea brain, but I know that God is sovereign that God is able to work through all situations even though I don't understand it. So that's why Paul says you have to put your hope in something 
beyond what you see right now, that God is using this suffering and what he's going to produce in your life is character. The greater we endure, the more we experience God's faithfulness, as hard as it is to go through that time of suffering. Crisis will reveal the true fruit in our lives. In fact, the word character in this passage means trial or testing through examination to know the true quality of one's life. Here's where I have to come to my understanding of God. God, I know you don't want to hurt me. I know you're not doing this because you, you, you're, you, you know, you're just upset with me or whatever the thing may be. I know that as a faithful father would discipline his children, God allows these times to come into our life because he loves us. And he desires for us to be transformed into the image of his son. And what Paul is saying here is that through suffering, this is what produces that endurance and this character in our lives and ultimately hope that we will not be ashamed. It actually gives us more confidence in our walk with the Lord. I've got to remind that to myself all the time. Okay, God, I'm going through this test or this trial, but I know what it's doing. It's just giving me a deeper faith in you and a greater confidence in you. But if I don't, listen, if I resist the times of trial and crisis in my life, I will miss out in a deeper walk with God. And believe me, my flesh does not want those times to come. My flesh does not want to endure. My flesh does not want to persevere. I just want it to be over. Are you with me there? I mean, you just, but when we wait on the Lord, we know what the end result is. That there's hope and a confidence knowing that we will never be put to shame. So character means to be proven through a test. Trials are a step-by-step way of transforming us and making us more like Christ. Um, last year at our, um, at our men's retreat, it was in November, and, and it was, the retreat was just weeks after we found out about everything in, in the church. And um, we're at a men's retreat. One of our deacons, Russell Eisen, was... Um, was speaking uh, for the men, did a great job. And we were down at um, Seneca Lake at a retreat center down there on on Seneca Lake. Beautiful, beautiful weekend. And uh, we had a little time after one of the sessions or after lunch. And so I just, I just walked along the shoreline um, and just, just wanted to get along with the Lord. And I have to admit, I wasn't totally spiritual. I was actually looking for fish too in the water, see if there's any fish swimming around. I have to admit, I wasn't totally, just confessing that to you. But I remember as I was walking to, through the shoreline, there was, I, I was just looking down and, and I saw this stone and I, I just I picked it up. And I just felt so clearly God's Spirit speaking to me, saying, Barden, you, you, you've got to put yourself in my hands. And when you put yourself in my hands, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work on you. And, and the only way I can work on you, Barden, if you allow yourself to be put in my hands. Now, a smooth stone doesn't become a smooth stone by just sitting there. A smooth stone becomes smooth because the waves keep crashing on it and on it and on it, it through turbulence and other stones to, to the point where it gets to be this smooth. What God showed me on that November afternoon was, Barden, you've got to allow the waves to hit your life, but I'm with you. And I will help you endure. And I will give you strength. But you've got to allow me to do the work as, as clay is put on the potter's wheel. 
we, we, don't, we don't say to the pot of the word of God tells us, hey, I don't like what you're doing. But we give our trust to the potter to mold and to shape us into what he desires us to be. I think that's the hardest part of our Christian walk many times is, is, is reminding ourselves that it's through the trials and the crisis of life that God shapes us and molds us into the people he wants us to be. So I keep this rock just to, remote, just to remind me, Barden, I'm, I'm still working on you. Boy, is he working on me. Are you a work in progress too, like me, some of you? <laughs> See, God uses the waves of life to produce his character in our lives. We need to allow trials to transform us and then allow the love of God to lead us. Now, I don't know who made up the saying, I like it, but it's so true that what trials can do and crisis can do in our lives, they can do one of two things. They can make you bitter and we can look at it and say, woe is me or why am I going through this or whatever. It's okay to say, why am I going through this and call it to God for help. But if we get bitter, we get angry, that, that's one thing it can do or it can make us better. Where, where we say, God, I'm going to trust you through this. I don't understand everything. I don't understand everything that you do, but I know you're a good God and I know I can trust your character. So my prayer for our church is that we would always walk with grace and forgiveness and that we would always allow the Spirit of Christ to lead us. And so as you walk through trials, as we walk through this trial together as a church, may the grace of Christ lead us and forgiveness be the epitome of what we do. As Christ has forgiven us, we also forgive the heart of the gospel message is all about reconciliation. God reconciling us back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. We were enemies with God because of our sin and we needed a savior. And so now through Christ Jesus, we're in that right relationship with him. And so trials can make us better or they can make us, make us bitter. And my prayer for our church is that as you go through trials and different crises in your life, that you would see the love of Christ and how he loves you and cares for you and he's using this to make us more like him, to make us more like his son, Jesus. And many of you have been through, through some tremendous, tremendous things in your life, tremendous crisis in your life. We all have a story, don't we? Of different things we've gone through, unexpected death or health issues or whatever it may be. And I love hearing about your stories and how God helps you and how God helps you to endure. I love hearing those stories. Listen, we've all been through and if you haven't, just wait, it'll come. It'll, it'll come. But they are times of testing so that we can mature and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, let's call what some of the crisis are and what some of the suffering is or what has happened to you. Some of it is just not good. And let's call it for what it is. And I'm not trying to say what we are going through is good or maybe some of the things that you've gone through in your life is good or some of the abuse that you've gone through in your life. I'm not saying that that's good. But what I am saying is this, is that God can use it for his good. That God can redeem it for his purposes and his good. That is what I am praying for our church. That is what we must concentrate on here. That God can use it 
for his good. My wife and I, many of you know, lost our first child. That's not a good thing. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And there are some things that you have gone through in your life, in crisis that you've gone through in your life that you wouldn't wish on anybody. But how many of you know that God does redeem and that God does restore and uses it for his good and his purpose? Can I get an amen? Amen. You can clap. That's okay. Go ahead and clap. And so that's what I'm praying for for our church. I want to leave you with the scripture today and then we're, we're just going to sing How Great Thou Art. We're going to close and and song to that great hymn of the church, how great they are, and just concentrate on the goodness and the greatness of God. But I love this, this passage from, from the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. He says this. He puts it right into perspective for us. He says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well of all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. May we walk in that forgiveness and grace. God is still good even when our circumstances aren't. He works things for his good and his purposes. And that's what I'm praying for, for you and for our church as we move forward. And I believe God has good things in store for a living word. He's doing a deep work in our hearts and our lives. But I know it's for his good. And that's what I'm trusting. Amen? So what I wanted to do today, I wanted to, to close in, in the Lord's Prayer um, today. And I'll say it together. Um, I, I've kind of used a different version of the Lord's Prayer. So... Um, we're all going to say it together. I, I, I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together because when the disciples asked Jesus um, how we should pray, he, he said, pray like this. And what I love about the Lord's Prayer, it talks about the holiness of God's name, that your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread that we depend on him each and every day. Forgive, forgive us of our sins and also for those that sin against us. Amen? It's a good prayer. Deliver us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. And remember, it's for his kingdom. It's his power. And it's his glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, I think we need to listen to Jesus today. I think those are good words for us here today. Amen. Can we say that, that, that together today? And let's just say it together as the body of Christ. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. And everybody said a big amen. Let's thank the Lord for that. God is good. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me as we just sing this great hymn of the church? Father God, I thank you for your goodness today. We're going to trust your word. We're going to move forward, God. We're going to allow grace and mercy to be the emblem over our church as we trust you, Jesus, through that. And for anyone here today that is just going through a valley, that's going through a tunnel today, 
that is struggling today, Lord. I pray that they would depend on you, Jesus, to know that we can trust you, that we can put ourselves on the potter's wheel knowing that you're working your best in our lives no matter how difficult the thing we're going through is, God. We know that you are working for us. God, we want to trust you with this today. So move in our behalf. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You are a great, mighty, awesome God today. What a wonderful Father you are today. And we want to express that to you now. In Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you.